European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 40, Issue 33, Focus Issue, Lipids, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Frontiers in Lipid Research, Lipoprotein A, Apolipoprotein C3 and E, and PCSK9 and Inflammation. The new 2019 ESC stroke EAS guidelines for the management of dyslipidemias, lipid modifications to reduce cardiovascular risk, have redefined target levels of low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, or LDLC. Besides LDLC, lipoprotein A is a genetically determined lipid disorder that has been associated with an increased cardiovascular risk. Several lipoprotein A-lowering therapies are currently being developed with a long-term goal of reducing cardiovascular morbidity and mortality as statins actually increase lipoprotein A levels. Furthermore, the relationship between lipoprotein A and mortality independent of LDLC levels has not been fully established. In their article, High Lipoprotein A and High Risk of Mortality, Burger Groen Nuriskard and colleagues from the Herlev University Hospital in Denmark tested the hypothesis that lipoprotein A levels are associated with mortality in individuals of the Danish population, of which 69,764 had information on lipoprotein A concentrations, 98,810 on LPA KIV2 number of repeats, and of 119,094 on LPA RS1045587 genotype. Lipoprotein A levels above 93 mg per day compared to below 10 mg per deciliter were associated with a hazard ratio of 1.5 for cardiovascular and 1.2 for all-cause mortality. The medium survival for individuals with lipoprotein A above 93 mg per deciliter or 93 mg per deciliter or below were 83.9 and 85.1 years respectively. For cardiovascular mortality, a 50 mg per deciliter increase in lipoprotein A levels was associated with a hazard ratio of 1.16 and genetically with risk ratios of 1.23 based on LPA KIV2 and of 0.98 based on LPA RS1045872. For all-cause mortality, corresponding values were 1.05, 1.10 and 0.97 respectively. Finally, for a similar cholesterol content increase, lipoprotein A was more strongly associated with cardiovascular and all-cause mortality than LDLC, implying that the mortality effect of lipoprotein A is above that explained by its cholesterol content. Thus, lipoprotein A through low LPA KIV2 number of repeats, rather than high cholesterol content, is associated with high mortality risk. These truly novel findings are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Kausik Ray from the Imperial College of London in the United Kingdom. Of note, patients with high lipoprotein A levels have increased arterial inflammation, which can be markedly reduced by lipoprotein apheresis and also to some degree by statins. Indeed, lipid apheresis may even reduce angina in those with refractory symptoms. PCSK9 inhibitors reduce LDLC by 60% and lipoprotein A by 20 to 30% in those without elevated levels. In their fast-track contribution entitled Persistent Arterial Wall Inflammation in Patients with Elevated Lipoprotein A 
despite strong low-density lipoprotein cholesterol reduction by proprotein convertase subtilism stroke kexin type 9 antibody treatment, Eric Strohs and colleagues from the Academic Medical Center in Amsterdam, Netherlands, evaluated whether PCSK9 inhibition reduces inflammation in a multicenter, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study of 129 patients. Compared to placebo, evolocumab reduced LDLC by 61% and lipoprotein A by 14%, resulting in LDLC levels of 1.6 millimoles per litre and lipoprotein A levels of 188 nanomoles per litre. Arterial inflammation, as assessed by F-fluorodeoxyglucose positron emission tomography and computed tomography, did not lead to a reduced inflammation with evolocumab compared to placebo. Thus, evolocumab reduces LDLC impressively, but lipoprotein A only does so modestly and does not lead to further reduction in arterial inflammation. The implications of these findings are further discussed in an editorial by Jean-Claude Tardif from the Montreal Heart Institute in Quebec, Canada. Elevated apolipoprotein C3, or ApoC3, levels are associated with hypertriglyceridemia and coronary heart disease. ApoC2 is considered a potentially therapeutic target in this context. Antisense technology may offer particularly effective treatment options. In another fast-track contribution, entitled N-acetyl-galactosamine-conjugated antisense drug to ApoC3 mRNA, triglycerides, and atherogenic lipoprotein levels, Sotiros Tsimikas and colleagues from the University of California in San Diego in La Jolla, USA, investigated whether Axia ApoC3 LRX and N-acetyl-galactosamine-conjugated antisense oligonucleotide targeted to the liver would reduce ApoC3 in a double-blind, placebo-controlled Phase 1-2 study in healthy volunteers with elevated triglycerides. A single dose of 10, 30, 60, 90 or 120 mg of Axia ApoC3 LRX reduced ApoC3 by 4%, 32%, 65%, 78% and 91% and triglycerides by 12%, 11%, 43%, 68% and 77% respectively. Multiple dosages of 15 and 30 mg weekly and 60 mg every 4 weeks reduced ApoC3 by 65%, 84%, and 83%, and triglycerides by 61%, 71%, and 65% respectively. Axia ApoC3 LRX was well tolerated. Thus, treatment of hypertriglyceridemia with Axia ApoC3 LRX results in an impressive improvement in lipid profiles with favorable safety and tolerability, a finding that's put into clinical context in an editorial by Deepak Bhatt from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, USA. PCSK9 inhibitors impressively lower LDLC beyond statins and further reduce the risk of myocardial infarction and mortality. However, less is known about which types of myocardial infarction, according to the third universal definition, are primarily affected. In a fast-track contribution entitled Effects of Alirocumab on Types of Myocardial Infarction, Insights from the Odyssey Outcomes Trial, Harvey White et al. addressed this issue. Of 1,860 infarctions, 65.8% were of type 1, 20.8% of type 2, 
0.1% of type 3, 13.1% of type 4, and 0.3% of type 5. Alirocumab reduced first myocardial infarction by 15%, with reductions in both type 1, 13%, and type 2, 23%, but not of type 4. Treatment benefits on type 1 infarction increased with time, particularly after two years. Thus, this analysis for the first time shows that after acute coronary syndromes, alirocumab added to statin therapy reducing both type 1 and type 2 myocardial infarctions. A finding that Christian Thiegerson from the Aarhus University Hospital in Denmark further elaborates on in his editorial. Another lipoprotein is apolipoprotein E or APOE. In their article, Plasma Levels of Apolipoprotein E, APOE Genotype, an all-cause and cause-specific mortality in 105,949 individuals from a white general population cohort, Ruth Frick-Schmidt and colleagues from the Riggs Hospitalet in Copenhagen, Denmark, investigated in 105,949 individuals from the general population whether plasma APOE levels and APOE genotypes are associated with all-cause and cause-specific mortality. They confirmed the well-known association between APOE genotypes and mortality. For all-cause, cardiovascular and cancer mortality, high levels of APOE were associated with increased risk, while for dementia-associated mortality, low levels were associated with increased risk. For the highest versus the fifth septile of plasma APOE, hazard ratios were 1.20 for all-cause, 1.28 for cardiovascular, and 1.18 for cancer mortality. Conversely, for the lowest versus the fifth septile, the hazard ratio was 1.44 for dementia-associated mortality. Examining genetically determined plasma APOE, a 1 mg per deciliter increase conferred a risk ratio of 0.97 for cardiovascular and 1.01 for cancer mortality, while a 1 mg per deciliter decrease conferred a risk ratio of 1.70 for dementia-associated mortality. Thus, high plasma levels of APOE are associated with increased all-cause cardiovascular and cancer mortality, while low levels were causally associated with increased dementia-associated mortality. Finally, we should wonder why humans are the only species in nature with extremely high LDL-C levels. Are we all hyperlipidemic? Indeed, in evolution, only humans have such high LDL-C levels and atherosclerosis. In a current opinion entitled, Why is hypercholesterolemia so prevalent? A view from evolutionary medicine, Ulrich Laus and colleagues from the Universität Leipzig in Germany address this issue. This phenomenon must have evolutionary roots. Indeed, prehistoric lifestyles involve substantially more energy expenditure and frequent food shortages, i.e. intermittent fasting, which may have led to the selection of genotypes that efficiently transport and store energy-rich triglycerides. VLDL is an important triglyceride-providing vehicle and traits favoring VLDL triglyceride delivery to peripheral tissues, including skeletal muscles, adipose tissues and lactating breasts, are possibly adaptions that promote survival and reproductive fitness during periods of food scarcity. As VLDL particles deliver triglyceride to peripheral cells, they are converted into triglyceride-depleted LDL particles that become enriched in cholesterol due to the action of cholesterol transfer protein. LDL-C appears to have little adaptive value because cholesterol is not an energy source for mammals, 
and virtually all mammalian cells can synthesize sufficient cholesterol endogenously or secure it from non-LDL sources. But with the recent adoption of westernized lifestyles, i.e. overabundant food supply and low physical activity, LDLC accumulates, leading to hypercholesterolemia and atherosclerosis. Westernized lifestyles would negate the energetic benefits of VLDL-favoring traits, but the legacy of those traits, as possible contributors to hypercholesterolemia and atherosclerosis, may persist because their maladaptive consequences, such as cardiovascular events, manifest in older individuals that are beyond the influence of natural selection. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.